Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. And this is our 50th episode, if you can believe it or not. Woohoo! I, I can't believe we've come this way and produced 50 episodes. It's kind of incredible. I know, and we still have people listening. That's the most <laughs> incredible part. Guys, I really have to thank you, the listeners, for being so encouraging and supportive for us all along. We've gotten over 30,000 total downloads. I don't know if I even told you that, Scott. How many? 30,000. Wow. In 50 episodes, which is pretty remarkable. I really have to thank all of our listeners. I mean, you guys kind of make this happen. What have been some of your favorite episodes, Scott, over the 50? Well, you asked me that a few minutes ago, and I was kind of scrambling to think, but there's two that really stick out in my mind. Okay. Uh, The first one was the episode we did on intermittent fasting. That is honestly still the most downloaded episode that we've ever done. And not only because I think it was interesting, it's something that people are curious about, Mm -hmm. but because we actually tested it on ourselves yeah and so it was kind of fun to go through something and then be able to share our experience with our listeners Mm -hmm. so which episode number was that if someone has not listened to that one yet well according to our quick search i believe (laughs) that it is episode 41 okay so make sure you go back and listen to the intermittent fasting episode what was another one of your favorites so the other one that stuck out to me was the one that was titled when you don't love your body oh yep And that was episode number 30, but that one really stuck out to me because it was so fundamental about where we find our identity Mm -hmm. that I felt like it was a thing that everybody needs to hear. Yeah, almost like a very much a must listen episode. Exactly. Do not miss that one. And if you did miss that one, which number was that so people could go back and listen? Episode number 30. Okay. Episode number 30. What about your favorites? Well, I had a couple favorites for sure. The one that rose to the top of my list was Eating is a Skill. This was episode number 33. And it's, I kind of break down how to know if you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced eater. I don't think you joined me for that one, Scott. But I know from the feedback I got from all of you guys that this was kind of a brand new concept for so many people that really shed light on what is difficult skill eating or difficult levels of eating versus where you're at right now and and the things you don't necessarily need to worry about. So that was definitely a good, uh, one of my favorite episodes that we did. Any others? Yeah, probably my hands down favorite was actually just a couple weeks ago. It was the hold my beer episode. (laughs) This was one that I'm really personally passionate about, which sounds funny because I'm not personally passionate about (laughs) beer. (laughs) Hold my beer. No, it has more to do with the attitude of being bold and courageous and saying, you know, I don't know if I have what it takes. I feel a little scared to step into something new and unknown, 
but I know the God who's behind me, who's empowering me. I can look around and see at all the witnesses around me who've gone before me testifying of their strength. And I am going to do this. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to give it all I've got. So that was episode number 47. If you did not listen to that one yet and feel like you need a good boost of motivation, go back and listen to that one. Definitely worth your time. I will notice that the two you picked are two I'm not in. Really? I think you're right. And I've been in most of the episodes too. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm bringing down this whole thing or... I don't know. It's nothing against you. I liked a lot. There were so many others, you guys. If you have not like binged listen to and haven't caught up on all the episodes, definitely go back. I One thing I feel proud of with this podcast is that we really have done a good job of just jam-packing every single episode full of knowledge and information that you can implement right away. And they're timeless episodes as well. Yeah. Uh, They're not related to a specific current event or anything. You can easily go back and listen and the information will still feel fresh. Yeah, yeah. And I've been thoroughly enjoying your guys' reviews. I appreciate that so much. As you know, whenever you write a review, it actually pops up the podcast in the search engine so that more people can find the podcast and listen to it too. And just recently, Janelle actually said about the podcast, she said, this is exactly what I needed. I haven't gotten too far in the show yet, but I am in awe of everything I've heard so far. Megan talks about the ins and outs of what it means to intertwine fitness and God, all while being so real and transparent doing it. She talks about the very real things I struggle with and it's such a shining light. I'm excited to get deeper into these episodes. Janelle, thanks so much. We're excited for you to get deeper into the the episodes too. And the ones that we mentioned, that's a, a great place to start. So guys, if you have not left a review yet, please do that. Take the time to go leave a review today. Okay, so on today's episode, in honor of our 50th, I am going to air my dirty laundry with you. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I'm going to get real vulnerable and share some things about my own habits that might be surprising to you. Things that are far less than perfect. (laughs) And I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm not going to dress it up or try to be, you know, I'm not going to hold back. I'm, I'm going to really say it how it is because I want you guys to see that I'm, I'm not perfect. We tend to think that fitness and nutrition professionals kind of transcend the real world, right? They, they live on this upper level where dumbbells are just swung with joy and everyone is happily gnawing on broccoli all day long. Not in this outfit. <laughs> and they work out all day and meal prep to their heart's desire. We just feel like fitness professionals and nutrition professionals, they must have every single meal prepped out ahead of time in perfect little containers and eat perfectly portioned meals. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still have the 5.30, what are we having what dinner are we conversation having dinner? more often than not. Yeah, but we have this impression that when it comes to exercising and eating well, the pros have it all dialed in and they're doing it all right all the time. But that is so not the case, at least for me. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to speak for all the other professionals. I know that there are a lot that probably do that 
I just want you to be enlightened to the fact that even even the professionals, at least myself, were not perfect, okay? And I know that right now most professionals, fitness pros, they try to portray themselves in a really glossy way. You're going to see a lot of them taking gym selfies, you know, at just the perfect angle with all the right muscles engaged and perfectly flexed to be impressive. They want to impress you, especially all those ab shots. (laughs) It's like, I feel like we need to make a meme. Like if you have an ab shot, are you even a fitness pro? Like, can you even be taken seriously? (laughs) And I think they want you to assume that they're doing it all perfectly and they can teach you how to do it perfectly too. But what if I shared all the opposite with you? What if I pulled back the curtain and confessed to you about all of my own habits? This is gonna require some vulnerability from me. I'm sharing this stuff kind of at the risk of you thinking less of me and perhaps bursting your bubble about what you think of me or what you thought of me leading up to this point. Maybe what you thought of Scott. (laughs) No, I think I burst that bubble a long time ago. But really, I want you to see that in almost every single way, I'm pretty darn normal and have a lot of the same struggles that you guys have, okay? So, confession time. All right, (laughs) now I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on this. You better tell the truth. Let's just start out of the gate. Confession number one, I eat junk food. Truth. (laughs) I had some chocolate cake last night. Actually, I had a lot of chocolate cake last night. It was our son's birthday. Okay. But I had it the night before, and actually, I, I'm i going to be, full disclosure, it's sitting on the counter right now, and... Did you take a bite today? Yes. I peeled back the foil. I got a knife out of the drawer, and I stood there at the counter and kept slicing off tiny slices. Megan! <laughs> I probably had like seven or eight bites of just... Chocolate cake. That's like half a piece. At like two in the afternoon. On top of that, I eat (laughs) chips. And real chips, not like healthy chips. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like the you go down the health food aisle and there's a package of chips and you're like, I don't even really know what those are. Like, no, 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 no. Not those. I eat like Tim's Cascade. Cascade, like the jalapeno jalapeno chips. chips. Yeah, those. We get donuts when we go camping and I eat donuts and I do like burger and fries. And for a while we did have ice cream in our house and I I must say that I'm quite proud of this one, that that was a habit that I somehow was able to break. I don't know how we accomplished it. I stopped buying it. We stopped buying it. That's how you accomplished it. That was a big part of it. I stopped buying ice cream, but the ice cream was kind of my splurge that I would have on a pretty regular basis. I eat junk food. That's my first confession. (laughs) Second confession is I do splurge every single day. Every day. I rarely ever have what someone might call a perfect day where all the meals are spot on and I don't eat or drink something that would be considered a splurge. In fact, I can't even remember the last time I had a day without a splurge of some sort. Recently, full confession. Scott's laughing at me like, I can't believe you're saying this. I'm loving it. (laughs) Recently, my splurges have been an adult beverage in the evening. That's kind of been my splurge of the day. Quarantine life. I know. It's usually a beer. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully we have 51 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Confession number three. I don't eat really trendy, weird health, health food. 
right? You know how I mentioned like going down that health food aisle at the grocery store where you're like, I don't even know what this stuff is. What she really meant was she peeks down that aisle. We don't actually walk down it. No, I don't even go down it. Yeah. I mean, in our house, quinoa is about as like, quote unquote, weird as it gets. I'm just, I'm not really into things like farro and spelt and kombucha and tempeh and seaweed and like a side, like all those things that you would kind of put in that category of like, ooh, those are fancy. (laughs) I mean, yes, I know the health benefits of all of these foods. I also know that you can generally get the exact same micronutrients and phytochemicals from more familiar foods too. So my motto is why be weird? I mean, I tend to stick with pretty familiar proteins and produce and grains and fats, just making sure I get a good variety. And, you know, I have a friend, I think we all have this friend, that every time you see her, she has like another type of kombucha or like a turmeric shot drink of some sort or a package of like black bean spelt and farro chips. You're like, what on earth are those? Those are not chips. Those are not chips. Why are we doing this to ourselves? If you're going to have chips... Have Have some chips. Have some chips. Have some jalapeno chips. That's my motto. Okay, so that was confession number three. I don't eat like weird, unusual food. Ooh, number four. I don't eat organic food. And cue the collective gasp from all the moms. (laughs) That's right. I eat conventional produce and proteins. And I understand that this topic unleashes some very strong opinions, and I'm not trying to sway you one way or another, but I I personally prefer to buy a conventional food. And I'm not going to dive into this too deeply right now, but if you're curious about it, I do encourage you to go back and listen to our Mythbusters Nutrition Edition episode. It was episode number 13. And we actually broke down kind of organic food versus conventional food. So if you want to know why... I don't eat organic. Go back and listen to that episode. I can hear the listeners just pressing stop, skip to next episode as we're going along here. They're like, oh, yeah. Who is this lady I've been what following? What in the world? Okay, number five. My counter is not lined up with a bunch of supplements either. Hmm. I mean, I do take some. I take fish oil supplements every day. I take a multivitamin. And when I have a smoothie, I put whey protein powder in it, but that's it. I'm just not big on supplements. You can learn more about supplements on that same Mythbusters episode. It was episode number 13. We talked about supplements. And I just don't invest a lot of money in supplements. Okay, so moving away from all my nutrition confessions... Scott is getting such a big kick out of this. I am. This is the best episode ever. <laughs> Don't you appreciate that I'm not like I saying do. your confessions? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're not putting it on me, but everybody, everything you've said, they already know that about me. So there's <laughs> nothing left to confess for me. Hopefully, as you guys are listening, you're like, oh, yep, me too. Yep, me too. Yep. me." I mean, that's what I want is yeah, for at least you to on identify some it's on some level. Okay, number six. I'm not a gym buff. I I don't have a gym membership and I actually haven't had one for a long time. Although occasionally I do crave a legitimate squat rack and plyometric boxes from time to time, but I'm more than thrive in my little home gym and I can totally kick my own butt with what I've got. Yeah, I would say longer than eight years since you've been a member of a gym. I mean, maybe when we were very first married, but we haven't worked out in gyms in a really long time. 
Yeah. I think we kind of assume that fitness professionals must have a gym membership somewhere. Like they show up every single day, right? I mean, I train out of my home, so that's part of it. I don't train in a gym, but I don't live working out all day long every day like a gym buff. Yeah, but I also think that's kind of a positive confession for you, though, is that you do the workouts that you put in your program. Right. Like with minimal equipment, yeah. you can do at home and squeeze into your busy schedule. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's important for people to know that it's not you're doing one thing while they're doing something else. Mm-hmm. It really is the same type of system in the same environment that they are. Exactly. And even if I did have access to a gym, like even if I did have a gym membership, I still honestly prefer to not work out in a public gym. For some reason, it's a very toxic environment for myself. When I'm at home, I'm just focused on the exercises and what my body is doing, but I have found that when I'm at a gym, I get all competitive with everybody else and I start to really focus a lot on how I look and if I look better than others. And if I'm doing things more impressively than others, like it just triggers all of these negative thoughts in my mind. So not only on a practical level, but in on just a mental, spiritual level, I just, it's not a good place for me to be working out. And you've been doing functional fitness since before it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we did have a gym membership and you'd write me a program, I'd go there and I'm like, where am I Why am I doing do all these funky things? Like yeah. everybody else is just over there on the squat rack and on the bench. And I'm over here feeling like an idiot doing these workouts that are actually doing something for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, most gyms do have full sections that are kind of dedicated to that more athletic, functional style training. But even still, it's not the it's not the norm. Even if I had a gym membership, it'd still be difficult to find the space that I'd want to do all my stuff in. All right, confession number seven is I frequently don't want to work out. (laughs) Amen. It's it's not my favorite thing in the world. I mean, I do enjoy it maybe more than the average individual, but I definitely do have days where I don't want to do it. I train, I, I will admit, I do train Monday through Friday, five days every week. And I have done this for years, but frequently I'll hit a day where I just don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to work out. And usually it's when I know the workout is going to be really hard. If I'm like on week four of my progressive plan, like that's kind of like the climax of the month. And I just know it's going to push my limits and require a lot of oomph from me. Ugh, those, har- those days are hard. And I'm going to add to your own confession here. Okay, what? So uh, to speak to this, you always lay out your gym clothes the night before (laughs) on the bathroom counter, set the alarm for 5.30, and there are a lot of mornings where you don't get up at 5.30, and I walk in to brush my teeth in the morning, and I see your gym clothes sitting there, and I just chuckle to myself a little bit, because I know you're still going to get your workout in that day. It's not like you don't work out, but it just shows that at 5.30 in the morning when that alarm goes off, you're not excited to jump up and go work out every morning. Now, a lot of mornings you do, but... If I have to, yeah. No, that that is the funny thing. Like, there were a couple years, though, that I was working out at 5.30 every morning just because my boys were really little, and to get a workout in without them climbing on me, it would require me to work out at 5.30 in the morning. But, yeah, true confessions. I set my alarm for 5.30 pretty much every morning, I can't remember the last day I did a 5.30 workout. 
I'm so optimistic the night before. And then you roll in there at 6.30 and see your clothes sitting there yeah, just mocking you. No, no, not going to happen till later. No, that's the thing. Like, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of when. And so the when is usually not 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> um, another confession, you guys, is that sometimes I do get injured. I think sometimes we have this perception that fitness professionals are impervious to injuries and that they simply are, they, they can't get injured, but that's simply not true. Our bodies are not unbreakable. And over the years, I've had knee injuries just from being an idiot and pushing my stretches too far and trying too hard of things. <laughs> And I've also had things like, you know, low back pain from poor alignment and from a forward tilting pelvis. That's something that I've kind of worked on throughout the years, just figuring out my own body and, and what, how it functions and how to fix little alignment corrections. So at this moment, I don't have anything that's bothering me, but I have had a lot of injuries throughout the years. I dealt with a bad hamstring for a long time plantar fasciitis was something I dealt with I've had knee sprains lots of things so I'm not immune to injuries by any means another confession is that I don't run (laughs) in fact you might be surprised to learn that many of the best conditioning coaches spend a lot more time lifting weights than running I used to run like crazy though that was definitely part of my main form of exercise for years and I've done several full marathons quite a few half marathons and more 10ks and 5ks than I can count and and honestly I used to adore running so I understand it if you love it and that's totally okay but I just realized one day that my body was broken and was getting injured constantly from the amount of miles that I was putting on my body And that plantar fasciitis I mentioned, it was a running injury. And since I don't run anymore, I don't deal with that injury anymore at all. My feet are fine. So I I don't run. (laughs) And then finally, my, my last confession that I need to admit to you guys is that I do still struggle with my own body image. I know it's something I talk about a lot of how to overcome those negative thoughts and how to change the way you view about your body and how to hand all those those ways that you think negatively about your body, how to hand all that over to God. But it's something I still work on, on a regular basis. And I can pick my body apart like nobody's business. Just noticing all the squishy spots, all the places where I don't have curves, just places where I feel thick, or, or really anything else that I feel is less than perfect. And I know that I'm getting better at this, but it's definitely still there, that mindset. And I found that my own fixation on my body usually goes one of three ways. And I'm sure that you guys can identify with this. Either my eyes are are completely off of my body in a good way, and I'm focusing somewhere else, usually focusing on other people in my life or focusing on Jesus. And that I have found myself there more often than not recently. But there are other ways that my I have found myself fixating. And, and one is I'm feeling really great in my body and more than just a little bit proud and arrogant even. And there's some self-body worship that happens there. And I'll admit that to you guys. Sometimes I'll have days where I'm like, I'm feeling pretty darn good. <laughs> or 
the opposite. I'm feeling really down and hating my body for whatever reason or another. So the flip side of that. Honestly, I've noticed that these thoughts rarely have anything to do with what's actually going on with my body and far more to do with where my heart is and where I've been spending a lot of my time. And so just confessing to you guys that yes, I, I still struggle with my body image. Maybe that's helpful for you to understand that even a fitness professional, someone who coaches nutrition and, and even mindset strategies, she's still a work in progress also. So there it is. Those are all of my confessions. Wait, do I get to have some confessions for you? I'm just kidding. No. I'm just <laughs> what would, kidding. Would you like to confess anything about yourself? Oh, I mean, all the things. All of the above? All of the above. <laughs> I thought you did, did everything perfectly, Scott. I thought you ate perfectly. I thought you worked out perfectly. You loved every minute of it. <laughs> and you had zero negative thoughts about your body. Of course. <laughs> no, the eating's not as hard for me. I mean, I don't eat perfectly, but that's less of a struggle. But the working yeah. out, I just, and listeners of our podcast know this, you don't like it some days. I don't really like it ever. You never like it. So why am I confessing all of this to you? What's the purpose? I'm not trying to like degrade myself or be like, uh, I, I mean, why would I air my dirty laundry? First of all, I need you to really understand balance and moderation and how to be intuitive and kind of how, how that looks in, in action. So grasping this concept of balance and moderation is so critical. And hopefully one thing that you learn from all of my confessions is that I don't just follow hard, strict rules every single day. I give myself a lot of leeway, but within certain parameters, okay? So even though I confessed a lot and it sounds like I'm a mess, like how could she possibly be healthy? <laughs> like what in the world? She's eating chocolate cake every afternoon and having beer every evening and skipping her morning workouts. Like, no, this is all within certain parameters. What you don't see with every single junk food confession I just shared is that I enjoy the splurges in moderation. So if I have a cheeseburger, I only eat half of the cheeseburger and I usually will have like a salad with it. Or if I have a donut, it's really, it might only be like one donut a month. If I have cake, I don't eat the entire cake. Scott's looking at me funny, like what in the world were you doing standing at the counter eating cake today? Wow, you can read my mind more than I thought. <laughs> I stopped, okay. <laughs> When I skip a workout or do half a workout, it doesn't lead to like three weeks of no workouts. So all of these imperfections, it's not overdone. Like nothing is extreme. I'm not lending my pendulum swing really far towards that imperfection side. It's all within balance and moderation. I want you guys to learn this too. I want you to be able to follow my healthy eating habits, which I've talked about in a lot of other episodes, you need to learn how to follow them 80 to 90% of the time, but you also need to know how to eat whatever you want the other 10 to 20% of the time. If that's chocolate cake, if that's burgers, if that's having a beer, have a cookie, go wine tasting without counting the calories of it or feeling guilty about it. 
But I, I need you to learn how to do that with moderation and to learn how to do it listening to your body and knowing when to put the fork down and walk away. That's something I think a lot of people don't know how to do. So you need to be at a place where you can have a cookie, but it doesn't lead to 10 cookies. And you need to be able to skip a workout, but then do a workout at the very next opportunity. And if you're not there yet, if you don't have that level of like balance and moderation, then you know what you need to be working on. I mean, for me, I've I've learned my body over years and years. And to be quite honest, I've earned a lot of these leniencies over many, many years of hard training and healthy eating. And something that happens is something called metabolic elasticity. So my body is simply more forgiving if I miss a workout or if I have a splurge meal. A lot of that has to do with the amount of muscle mass I carry on my body and just my overall metabolic output. And that comes from diligent habit creation throughout the years. And I'm already anticipating, I I would suppose wisely, that as I age and as my regular hormonal streams kind of start to dwindle, that I won't have as much of this metabolic elasticity. And that's okay. And I'm ready for it. And I kind of have my antenna up when I can be like, hey, okay, if I have that half a burger with the salad, what do I feel like the next day? Where, Where is that? going to put me? Is that still working okay for me or is it not now? If you're just starting your health journey and you feel like you have a long way to go to reach your goal, a pancake breakfast and a missed workout, it might make a huge difference for you just because your body might not be quite tolerant yet. So you need to put in the time and be disciplined, but there will come a point when you will have earned it. Mostly though, the reason I wanted to air all my dirty laundry with you guys and confess everything is because I want to teach you how to become a quote-unquote imperfectionist. And this is not a real word. It's a word I made up. (laughs) That's why it's in quotes. Yeah. Let's let the pressure lift off of your shoulders, all of our shoulders. I bet you felt like you're not doing enough, like you're not doing things well enough, and you're never going to get this figured out. You just need to know that perfection is never, never the end game here for any of us. In Romans 3.10, it says that there is no one righteous, not even one. (laughs) It's pretty harsh. But true. Yeah. I mean, us in and of ourselves are not even capable of perfection. So why is that our benchmark? Like, why are we even trying to start there? The first thing is that you need to realize that you don't have to subscribe to all the health trends that are out there to get it right. And I know that this could be very difficult for you if you have a lot of friends that are particularly health conscious and maybe passionate about their latest and greatest workout or eating habit. You know, if you have those friends that seem to be doing it perfectly and that's putting some pressure on you and that can be stressful and confusing and make you feel like you're not measuring up. So I just want you to know that it's important to move in the direction of being healthier, doing a little bit here and there, but it never has to be done perfectly. The second thing is that I know a big problem that many of us struggle with is consistency. We constantly feel like we're falling off the wagon and needing to recommit again. And a lot of us do this because we're demanding perfection from ourselves. I need you guys to know and to understand that consistency does not equal always perfect. I think that's what we think consistency means. 
we always make the right choice and we never mess up, but that's simply not true. That's not consistency. Consistency means, listen to this, it just means that your highs, those moments of perfection, aren't quite as high. And your lows, those imperfect moments, aren't quite as low. The pendulum simply stops swinging so far in each direction. It still swings, you still have highs and lows, they're just not quite as extreme. And that's something that hopefully me confessing all of those things demonstrates. I'm never eating perfectly, but I'm never eating completely off the wagon too. Even with my workouts, I'm never working out perfectly, but I'm never completely off the wagon with my workouts either. And I think part of the problem with that is that when you're striving for perfection and you inevitably fail to reach perfection because that is what will happen, then you just give up. Yeah. You let perfect be the enemy of the good. Exactly. So instead of continuing to make small strides and continuing to do the good, you set the bar too high. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds bad sometimes because we're always, you know, strive for the star, shoot for the stars. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're not setting realistic expectations on your life, nobody is going to be able to stay at that perfection standard for any amount of time. You just can't do it. We're not built that way. Right. So part of being an imperfectionist (laughs) is just making sure that you're not striving for perfection. That's not your standard. That's not your benchmark that you're aiming for. So how do we do that? How do we get more consistent with this? and make sure that the pendulum is not swinging so far in each direction. We need to stop and look at your extremes. How high are you striving? Where is your benchmark? How high are you setting your expectations? Are you trying to accomplish habits that are simply too hard and just are unrealistic for you right now? So what is your high? Where is your high at? And I think the classic case is the, I'm gonna start working out, so I'm gonna work out five days this week. And then you work out five days this week and then you get to next week and something happens on Tuesday and, oh, I didn't get a workout in. And then Wednesday comes up and it's like, oh, well, I already missed yesterday. And it just tumbles down because you set the bar so high right out of the gate that it's hard to beat. Right. And then look at the other end of the extreme. How low do you drop when you, quote unquote, fall off the wagon? Do you allow yourself to go several days or weeks even before you rein your eating habits back around? Do you miss your workouts for an entire week, like you said? Do you allow yourself to get so low that that upward climb feels just completely impossible? So guys, I truly believe that this is the key to consistency, just making sure that our highs and lows aren't so extreme. So like I said before, consistency does not mean that you're doing things always perfectly. It just means that your highs are not so high, your lows are not so low. I mean, personally, I'm a really consistent person by nature. I think Scott, you I can, can attest, attest to that. <laughs> and I think when I try to examine why, I realize that I never go all in or reach too high. Thus, all of my confessions with you guys. Obviously, based on what I just described to you, I'm never perfect. I never try to go all in. But the flip side of that is that I never go all off either. I naturally have checks and balances on either side. And it comes back to the balance and moderation concept. I mean, at most, I might have two splurge meals in a row. Maybe. 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 But any more than that, 
And I fight for those pros again. I try to eat pros at the very next opportunity. I pull it right back in. I mean, at most, maybe on vacation, I might go four days without a workout, but any more than that, and I I try to carve out the time to do that. And I never have a perfect week ever, but I never have a week where I do nothing ever either. So for you to get this consistency thing down, take a moment and answer these two questions. What specific habit or expectation are you placing on yourself that is simply too hard right now? What is too high for you? And then what is your personal breaking point that you're willing to let yourself go when things are off? What's too low for you? What have you set as your non-negotiables? So think through those two things. And I think that this is especially poignant right now with the time that we're in. Yeah. Where we're quarantined, we have children at home, now we're becoming teachers, we're becoming everything to everybody at the same time. So our expectations seem really unrealistic. They do, and especially if you're trying to start a new workout program right now or trying to up your workout level or, you know, it's tempting to want to do those things. Mm -hmm. And to do them perfectly. But then there's also, I hate saying the flip side again, but that is that this can become an excuse too. Yeah. I know I found myself in situations where it's like, well, while this is going on, I can just do what I want. Right. I'm just going to do nothing then. Exactly. The final thing with becoming an imperfectionist is establishing the clean slate policy with yourself. This is really important. This means that every single day the slate gets wiped clean and you have a brand new chance to do great things today. This allows us to avoid that all or nothing roller coaster, that dieting mindset, those massive emotional ups and downs that we normally feel with our fitness and nutrition habits. I mean, if I were to say to myself, oh, I had a donut <laughs> and that led into a week of poor eating habits or I just felt really, really down about it. No, you get the clean slate policy. You can say, okay, maybe I made a bad choice, but today is a brand new day and I'm starting fresh today. I can wipe the slate clean and start all over again. I mean, have you ever found yourself saying, okay, I'm going to recommit finally. I'm back in the game this week. This is the week I'm going to restart. I mean, recommit to what? Having a perfect day? And I mean, just recognize you were never totally out of the game. You don't have to recommit. You can just wipe the slate clean. Maybe you've made a few bad choices in a row that make you feel gross, but it's not a complete disaster. Just learn from it and move forward. You're always gonna have some weeks that are better than others. You're gonna have days that are better than others, but you're never gonna be perfect. I've been around this coaching block more than once. And honestly, the most successful ones are not the ones that do exactly what I say perfectly. I mean, that would be great. That'd be great even if I did what I said perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) But even that is not the goal here. The successful ones are the ones that do most of what I say most of the time. Let me say that again. The most successful ones are the ones that do most of what I say most of the time. They are the ones that know balance, moderation, and discipline in spite of imperfections. The successful ones, they just show up today, even if it looks like a hot mess. And honestly, I think that this is truly the essence of the kingdom of God, right? Jesus never asks for perfection from us. 
He just asks us to humbly show up today. He gives us that clean slate policy. The idea of being in the kingdom and then out of the kingdom based on merit is so ridiculously bogus. And as believers, we know that we don't have to be constantly recommitting every time we make a mistake. But why do we do that with this aspect of our lives too? So truly, I want you to learn how to become an imperfectionist. I know that you probably have a lot of confessions (laughs) that you could say for yourself too. But never for even a second, I never think that you will have arrived once perfection is obtained. When you're exercising seven days per week, when you're doing like two a days, or you're suddenly allergic to donuts and subsisting on organic kale and tofu meatballs, like that's not when you've arrived. That's not an arrival. And honestly, to me, that sounds like prison. (laughs) And it's just not practical anyway. So being truly healthy and fit involves a certain amount of moderation and it involves being psychologically healthy too, of knowing that perfection is not the goal. So I want you to give up trying to do it all perfectly, okay? First of all, just stop trying to do it perfectly. Let my own confessions be evidence that it's okay to be imperfect. I want you to practice balance and moderation and learn what that means specifically for you. What does balance and moderation look like in your life? Where do you have some leniencies, but where on the flip side do you also need to be disciplined? Become a really good imperfectionist, okay? So don't try and subscribe to all the health trends. Figure out how to make your highs and lows not quite so extreme and establish that daily clean slate policy with yourself. And then remember that you're a work in progress. You'll be so much more encouraged if you're honestly just aiming for better rather than aiming for perfection. And always remember my own confessions (laughs) that even professionals aren't perfect, not by a long shot. All right, you guys, that is all we have time for today. Don't forget, if you have a minute, we would love if you could go rate the show and leave a quick review. We might just read it on an upcoming episode. That would be fun. And until next week, we'll talk to you later.